am I ready to retire? That is the question that everyone asks. But I think that real question is, am I ready to retire given all the uncertainty that exists in the world, given the future outlook for inflation and interest rates and spending, and especially when we're looking at retirements that are going to last 30 years, 40 years or longer, how can we really do a financial plan that accounts for all the possible unknowns. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Today, we're going to take a deep dive into all the risks associated with investing over the long term that you might encounter along your financial journey. And we're going to talk about some strategies that you can employ to protect yourself from those risks. We're going to break down the risks into two different types of categories. We're going to talk about external risks first. And external risks are things like inflation, interest rates, the overall stock market itself. And internal risks are things like overspending. Are we spending more than our portfolio can support? And then we'll have a discussion about strategies that you can employ right now to mitigate those risks over the long term. Hello and welcome. Danette here. Thank you for tuning in to the Ready to Retire podcast. If you're interested in learning more about finance and investing, then please consider subscribing so that you can stay informed when we release new episodes like this one. If you're ready to have a candid discussion about risk, let's get started. Danette here, and welcome to the Ready to Retire podcast, where we share real-life stories and actionable tips and strategies to help you along your financial journey. Are you ready to retire? Let's go. Everybody evaluates risk differently. It's one of the first things that we do when we check in and work on a financial plan is we try to identify somebody's risk tolerance. And we throw around some terms like conservative, moderate, aggressive, and oftentimes those terms are subjective. They mean different things to different people. And not only that, but our risk tolerance can change over time, as we get older, for example, our risk tolerance can change. But also as um, events happen in the economy, sometimes we feel like taking on more risk when things are going well, and we want to have less risk when things aren't going too well. Today, I wanted to talk about all the different types of risk. The problem with understanding risk is that we all have different definitions of what risk means to us. I was working with a gentleman years and years ago, and he said, I'm a conservative investor. And I said, okay, good. And I'm taking my notes. And as the discussion progressed, he said, and I would also be comfortable investing 100% of my portfolio into one company stock. Now, that is a very aggressive position to take, to just own one company stock. That is not conservative. And he says, well, wait a minute. He said, I know the company. 
Um, he owned a business and this particular company was his customer. And he knew a lot about the business. The business had a long history. The business has raving fans. And he said he felt that that was not taking risk. So that's why I really want to touch on this subject is because it can be so subjective. Before we get into this too deeply, I want to take a minute and let you know that we're offering a free risk assessment tool that you can take a quick survey and determine your risk number. What this survey is designed to do is to give you an objective number of risk. And this is free and I will link to it below. So going back to the client that I was working with earlier, he had a different definition mentally of the term conservative than I did. So I thought that's why it would be important to do an episode talking about all the different kinds of risks and what we could do to protect ourselves. The first part I want to talk about are external risks, things that we don't have a lot of control over. The first one I want to talk about is systemic risk. Systemic risk is equal to what we call market risk. We generally look at the S&P 500 as a proxy for the market. So if you hear somebody talking about the market did this, the market did that, they're generally talking about the S&P 500. When we think of risk or we think of stock market risk, is that risk of the market itself going up and down. And that, again, is called systemic risk. The next risk I want to talk about is non-diversifiable risk, and that's individual position risk. If you have a portfolio that only has a couple of holdings, if something happens to one of the positions in your holding, if one of the things goes and loses a lot of value, it'll have a disproportionately high impact on your portfolio. And we see this happen a lot of time with company stocks. There are stocks that have started out at a regular percentage in a person's portfolio, and it's because the stock itself has done so well. But if something were to happen to a stock like that, then you have individual stock risk. Another name for that is specific risk. Let's talk about credit risk. Credit risk is the risk of a borrower defaulting on their financial obligations. It primarily applies to fixed income investments like bonds, where the issuer may fail to make a timely payment or to repay the principal amount. Factors that contribute to risk include the issuer's financial health, credit rating, and what's going on in the overall economy. This is the big problem that happened in the last recession. We had massive credit defaults happening, and it was a combination of very easy lending policies and packaging loans. This is a very important risk to keep in our awareness. 
Liquidity risk is another very common type of risk. Liquidity risk is having an asset that can't easily be sold and turned into cash. And sometimes that's associated with real estate and other stocks that are very low trading. And sometimes there are different products and investments available that are not liquid. Liquidity risk is something that's very important to consider. Inflation risk. We're all too familiar with inflation risk right now. Inflation risk arises from the erosion of our purchasing power of goods and services. And ironically, stocks are the only asset class that can somewhat hedge against inflation because the corporations can raise their prices and pass that along to the consumer somewhat to offset their increase of their cost of goods. It's not an exact pass-through. They do absorb some of the cost, but it is one of the asset classes that can benefit during times of inflation. Interest rate risk is hand-in-hand with inflation risk, and interest rate risk is when the value of your investments change due to changes in the interest rate. We have been going through a long period of historically low interest rates, and the Fed has raised rates lately to offset the high inflation. And as a result of raising interest rates, a lot of our fixed income investments have gone down in value. So when interest rates go up, the market value of bonds goes down. And vice versa, when interest rates go down, the value of fixed income investments like bonds goes up. Currency risk or exchange rate risk is when the value of an investment or goods or services are denominated in a foreign currency. And the risk is when you convert them back to your currency or if you're a manufacturer and your goods and services that you're purchasing, the currency rate changes and it affects your cost when you convert those products back into your own currency. Currency risk can either amplify or reduce returns. And the last external risk that I'll want to cover today is political and regulatory risk. These are the risks of changes in legislation. When legislation changes, then how does that impact the existing companies? Sometimes we don't know right away the impact of a legislation change. Now that we've covered external risks, let's switch gears and start talking about internal risks. Can you think of some risks to your investment portfolio? and to your retirement plans, things that you have control over. The first one I want to talk about is procrastination and delayed savings. This is when we think that we are not going to retire for such a long time from now and competing against other things going on in our lives, we hold off on starting that savings program. This is a big risk to our retirement plans that we have some control over. 
The longer you delay savings, the harder it is to take advantage of compounding interest, letting your money work for you. Another internal risk is neglecting to rebalance your portfolio. This happens so often with 401ks. People set it up and forget it. They don't often look at rebalancing and things can happen over time and your asset allocation can get way out of whack. I would recommend setting a task in your calendar to periodically look at your 401k and see if it needs to be rebalanced. Neglecting to rebalance a portfolio is a common risk that's something that we have a little control over. Let's talk about longevity risk and health-related issues risk. There is a studies that say that we either live a very long time in retirement and that length of living has a certain dollar value or we get sick and have health issues and have a difficult time in retirement. And studies have shown that the cost of these things are about the same. And so it's not properly counting for either our health issues in retirement or longevity. Emotional decision-making is another big type of risk that we can have some control over. Emotional decision-making is when the stock market is down, we sell because we're afraid it's never going to come back. And on the other hand, we buy when the stock market is really high. But I know it's hard in the time. We can be afraid when the stock market is down that it's going to keep going down lower. And we are afraid of losing more than we like gaining. And so we can decide to sell when the stock market is down and lock in those losses that maybe would have been temporary if we would have stayed the course. Emotional decision-making is super common. It happens all the time. We talked about our risk tolerance earlier. Our emotions affect our risk tolerance as well. And that's why I think it would be great if you took the risk tolerance survey that we're going to make available to you and um, see what your risk tolerance score is using an objective, not an emotional scale. And again, I'll link to that in the description. Income inflation risk. This is when you get raises at work and life is going good and you're making good money in your job, but your spending increases to go with the higher income and your lifestyle increases. And so the risk here is that you could take some more of that money and put it towards savings. I had a client once that got a big bonus every year, really big bonus, and uh, they spent it all and they then borrowed. And so every year when they got the bonus, they paid off the loan and then continued spending. And it was a terrible cycle. This income inflation risk can be a big risk to people's retirement plans. I'll wrap up the internal risks with overspending risk. This is probably the biggest of all the risks 
If you're going to run out of money, it's probably because of overspending. When we do a financial plan or anyone does a financial plan, they say, this is about how much you can spend per month. And if you spend a little bit more than that number, then probably everything's going to be fine. We do things like stress testing. If you're spending a little bit more than what your financial advisor recommends, you're probably going to be okay. It's when you start to spend 50% more, 60% more that you could really get into trouble. I think this has been the one that has hurt people more than anything else. One of the biggest reasons people overspend is to support their adult children. Something like one-third of Americans will put their retirement, their own retirement, off or at risk because of uh, supporting or helping to support an adult child. And so this is a huge risk. I remember when I was very new in the business, I had just met a woman. She was in her late 70s. And I said, you know, like, when are you going to retire? She couldn't stand her job. And she said, I can't. She was paying her, one of her two children was living with her. The other she was paying the rent for and buying groceries and things. Her kids were both in their 50s. And she was not going to retire herself because she was supporting her adult children. One of the reasons that she was continuing to support them is they would cut her off from communication if she stopped helping them. And this is a real common technique that family members use against older people. It's a form of elder abuse because they're emotionally blackmailing their parents. Now that we've covered both external and internal risks to our portfolio and our retirement plans, let's talk about some strategies that we can put in place to mitigate those risks. Let's start with overspending, since that really, to me, is one of the biggest risks. One of the things you can do if you have to take a large sum of money out is one, before you take the money out, is to do a stress test to model what that's going to look like. You pretend to take the money out and then see how much income the portfolio can support after. If it still is a number that you can be happy with, then great. Then you can at least feel comfortable taking that large lump sum out. Or at least it gives you information before you take it out that says, if I take this large amount out, then it's going to impact me in the long run. And you know how before you make the decision to take the large amount out. The other thing you can do is withdraw the money and pretend it's a loan. Pay yourself back with interest. Make a payment back to yourself as if you had just borrowed the money from yourself. I think setting up a plan to pay yourself back is a great option if you have one of those expenses that you just can't avoid. Things happen in life, and I get that. So here's two ideas to help mitigate the effect in a long-term retirement savings plan. Another strategy is to really understand your risk assessment. 
we talked about a lot of different types of risks today, but one of the things that can happen is we can accidentally take on too much risk. If we didn't rebalance our portfolio and stocks have grown and now we're in a more aggressive position than we intended to be, this is an important strategy. If you haven't clicked on the link below yet, click on the link and take this free risk survey so that you can get your number and check that against your portfolio and make sure they're in alignment with each other. Diversification is a wonderful strategy to mitigate a lot of the risks that we talked about. Diversifying your portfolio into a lot of different positions eliminates the specific risk of a single position losing a lot of value. And, and diversification also will reduce the overall volatility of your investments. Along with diversification is asset allocation. Asset allocation is a wonderful way to diversify against most of the external risks that we talked about. By having a lot of different asset classes, um, we can think of asset allocation like a good recipe. We have our core components of our meal that we're preparing but we also have some spices and some seasonings and some subtle other ingredients to support the main dish. And asset allocation is like a really good recipe. You have a lot of different exposure to different types of investments. If any one investment goes wrong, you have others that are probably doing well or okay. Other strategies or risks to be aware of is that sometimes our real estate, because of owning our home and maybe we have a rental property, sometimes our real estate can be high and overweight and we don't think of balancing our real estate with our investments, but it is important to look at everything combined, all the different asset classes. Regular monitoring and balancing and reviewing is your best defense against all the different risks we talked about. We talked about the um, risk of not rebalancing. Um, that happened once to a client. He left his 401k at his old company and he let it sit there. It was like 15 years when I met him. And he said, oh, he couldn't wait to see how much it had grown to because he left it there and didn't touch it. And it turns out that they had turned him into cash when he stopped working there. So that money had sat for 15 years in cash and didn't make anything the whole time. And here he thought it was growing and growing, but he never looked at it. So look at what you have. Take an inventory of what you have. Just doing an annual inventory of what you own is a really wonderful exercise. And the last tip I would leave you with is to consider having professional advice. If you're uncomfortable managing the risks that you face alone, it's so helpful to have a financial advisor sit with you and talk to you and work through um, what's going on in your individual situation. Everybody's situation is different, and yet there's so many similarities in what we're all dealing with. We've all gone through this global pandemic together. That is another 
sort of unforeseen risk that has impacted all of our lives. And sitting down with a professional and having someone double check, um, they can also help you with the reviewing and monitoring process. I hope those tips have been helpful. Thank you so much. If you're still here, please consider subscribing and liking the episode. I hope you have an amazing day and I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. I'm so grateful to have you join me today on the Ready to Retire podcast. If you'd like to learn more information, please visit our website at truenorthwealth.com. Thank you for listening and I look forward to seeing you in the next episode.